It's always an exciting time when we get to bring aboard a new person to be a part of the Austin family. And in Brittany Young, we have a vibrant personality poised to lead our women's basketball program to new heights. She's been a few places and learned a few things. I can't wait to see how that translates to the court for the governors. Coach Young, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's very great to be here. I'm excited to be in Clarksville and I'm excited for what's in store for Austin P women's basketball. Let's get the background. Where are you from? I am from Charleston, South Carolina originally. Um, if I am more specific, a, a small town by the name of Monk's Corner, South Carolina is actually uh, where I'm from. I typically say Charleston because most people don't know where Monk's Corner is on the map. Tell me a little bit about your parents, your family life. Yeah, so I um, had, had a great family life coming up. Um, you know, mom and dad um, are, are people who are hardworking. Um, I think instilled great values, uh, you know, in my brother, uh, my sister, and myself. Um, I, I think that what makes this time so special is that, you know, my parents are, are two individuals who were actually raised by their grandparents. Um, and because they had to help and, and do so many things, they weren't really able to participate in athletics and, and things of that sort. So they did a great job um, allowing us to have opportunities that they didn't have. Um, so uh, I'm so excited they'll be here today, and um, they are, are so proud, and um, I know that they will be the biggest Austin P supporters um, day in and day out. Early life in Monk's Corner, what was it like growing up there? Man, a, a great close-knit community. Um, everyone, you know, pretty much knows everyone. You go to the grocery store, um, you know the cashiers, uh, you know the person bagging the groceries. Um, typical small-town life. Um, again, athletics and sports uh, played a big part around that. You know, it's the type of place on a Friday night, if there's a football game going on or a basketball game, you know, the entire town shuts down and everyone um, is in that stadium um, or, or at that, you know, arena or court, uh, you know, just cheering on the team. So it's a place of great pride and it's, it's produced, even though a small town, um, you know, people like Stephen Furtick, um, who's a you know exceptional pastor now. Um, several athletes um, that you know have played professionally. Um, business people in business have derived from a small but special town. When did basketball enter into the equation? When did that become part of your life? Wow, um, basketball began very early for me. Um, you know, my brother, my brother, sister, and I are all very close in age, and, and he's the oldest. I'm the middle. And um, I always just kind of wanted to be like him. Um, so I can remember us having, you know, the little small portable basket and, and him going outside and shooting around. And I probably couldn't have been more than four or five years old. Um, but I can remember being out there and shooting on that basket um, and a lot of backyard battles, um, especially with him. Um, I can remember the first time I really learned how to formally shoot. My grandfather had me in the backyard and taught me how to shoot a, a bank shot on the left wing. Um, so, I mean, those moments came very early. Um, organized sports probably began in about the fifth or sixth grade for me. Um, and then, you know, high school basketball came after that. Who's, who was the first person who really encouraged you, like, hey, this could be a path for you, either playing, coaching, whatever? When did that start to become a little bit more real? Mm -hmm. In terms of playing, um, I would say my high school coach, David Smith, was very instrumental in that. Um, I, I can remember uh, trying out for the high school team, and I think I was in eighth grade, 
and just expecting to, you know, make JV for the first time and, you know, be thrilled with that. And I remember we, we walked up to the gym door after tryouts to see who made it that next morning. And my name was with the varsity team. And I was like, wait, hold up. I just, you know, I want to go play with my friends on JV. And I remember I, I talked to him because he knew I was going to be a little freaked out about it. Um, but he saw something in me. He saw something in me all those years, um, you know, prior. Um, and uh, he, he gave me an opportunity. He really believed in me, challenged me. Um, so in terms of playing, I, w I would definitely say he was the person who kind of really made me realize there's more in you than, than you think, and I'm not going to let you settle. Um, in terms of coaching, it's so funny. Um, I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, even in college, I loved basketball. I gave everything I had to my team in the game. Um, but I had a great professor by the name of David White, and he, he was helping me kind of put things in order. Um, law school was going to be my goal. Uh, I ended up graduating college. And, you know, I, I was like, I'll take a gap year, you know, maybe earn some money. And um, I started a former teammate of mine, Crystal Peace, uh, was coaching our, our, our team at Berkeley High School where I went. And she invited me to come and just help out a little bit. And I, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved, uh, you know, the interaction with the players, teaching them, um, watching them learn and make adjustments. And I just started thinking, man, this, this may be something here as well. So I ended up, I took my LSAT just so I could be prepared if that was the route. But then I also took the GRE because I said I may want to get into this basketball thing and getting a master's wouldn't help. And um, I really, I, I usually start most years with a, a fast. And um, I fasted, I prayed about it. And when the time came, I knew what my route was and it was basketball. So um, my coaching career kind of sprung from there. Um, never thought I would be a head coach, even probably a, a few years ago, even though people tell you, hey, you're going to be a head coach one day. No, I, I don't want that. You know, I just I like it over here as an assistant. Um, but I think in the last year or so, um, I've just kind of realized that, you know, I, I see some purpose uh, for myself in coaching and that I can make an impact. And um, I was ready for this opportunity. They say the biggest challenge is to go from assistant to head coach. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you thought about that. I'm sure you've gotten a lot of advice about some of your mentors that we'll discuss in a little bit. But as you think about that challenge, what part of it excites you the most? Mm, I think what excites me the most is taking all of the things, the small things that you, you make note of. Um, you know, even though I said that I wasn't, you know, sure if I wanted to be a head coach, Several years ago, I, I like have a notes file in my phone and it's like, if if head coach this or that. So I like have tons of notes. It's taking all of the small things that I've learned in, from so many people and, and maybe have read about or heard about and compiling those in, into something where it's still my, it's my own. Um, that's That's what excites me about it, just taking all of the good um, and maybe learning from things that maybe weren't so good and um, having the chance to make it special and make it my own. A couple of things from your college time at Francis Marion stood out to me. Mm -hmm. uh, one was obviously you were a fantastic basketball player, I believe all decade team, mm -hmm. uh, just stand out on the court, but also academic All-American. You get the importance of the student part of student-athlete. Mm -hmm. How much emphasis was placed 
on that for you? Great deal. I mean, that that begins with my mother, who is um, just she's probably one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. Um, She was one of those people when she was in school, she made all A's, you know, never made a B. Um, So she always placed great value on academics for us and instilled it in such a way that if I ever, you know, uh, didn't do well, I was harder on myself than she could ever be because I wanted to make her proud. So, um, you know, when I got to college, um, it was really great. I was a freshman and I kind of struggled a little bit my freshman year. Um, I had two upperclassmen. Um, uh, two upperclassmen who were who excelled, you know, very well, and they told me they were like, "Hey, you're going to start taking some classes with us." And what what was so good, I was taking electives with them, and then I would go study. I would go over to their apartment, and they would kind of show me how they studied and show me how they prepared for tests, and my grades immediately began to improve. So then I began to realize it's I the same way I have a habit with basketball, I have to create a habit with my academics. From that year on, I excelled because I put myself on a schedule and I had structure academically. And um, I took great pride in that. I really did. You were also SAC president while you were at Francis Marion. Mm -hmm. How important was getting involved as a student athlete and being an advocate for yourself and your peers? Correct. I mean, uh, Valicia Tetter, um, who's the coach I played for the majority of my career at uh, Francis Marion, she was very instrumental in that. Again, surrounding yourself with people who see something in you that you may not see yourself is very important. Um, You know, I always was a leader amongst my teams, Um, you know, did things in a way that maybe caused you to stand out a little bit. Um, But, you know, Valicia uh, was very instrumental in in telling me about SAC, and I became a member early. And she told me one year, she said, you're ready for a leadership role. I was like, Coach, I I don't know. I don't know about that. And she said, Brittany, you've been on SAC longer than anyone else that's going to join. Um, You know, you know the things that we're trying to fight for. Um, You can represent us at the conference level. You know, I think it would be really good. And she kind of pushed me out there. Um, And again, all all of those things help. Even when we talk about where we are today, all of those things um, played a major part in that. You mentioned the gap year you took preparing for law school. Mm -hmm. Was it immediate when you kind of were away from the game a little bit that there was something missing or did something kind of lure you back to basketball as a, I'm not done with this yet kind of thing? Correct. I mean, I think that's a good question. I, I really once I graduated and and it's funny it it was a tough time and I think a lot of people struggle with that time I really didn't know what I wanted to do um I I just had a a lot of thoughts and like I said it was the law school it was you know but maybe I don't know if I really love that will I be happy and you know I would I would just talk to people anyone I, I met who was successful I would just ask questions um, I began reading books you know just reading books about successful people and I was like maybe something in here will trigger something for me um, and I'm going to be honest I, I read like uh, Roy Williams had a great biography I read um, I read Pat Summit's book Tony Dungy and like I started really enjoying the coaching books more so than you know just I, I think I read James Blake who's a you know, tennis player, you know, so I was, it was sports related, but, um, you know, I think those things kind of helped push me in that direction because I always, I always loved the game, um, always enjoyed being around it as a spectator or a player. So um, I think all of those things helped push me in that direction. 
South Carolina, how did the opportunity come about? Because that is one of the hallmark programs. To be a GA there is a, I mean, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. How did you get the opportunity? Well, it's funny. Uh, around that time, uh, and that was just about, what, 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago, South Carolina was not the powerhouse that they are now. They were on their way, um, but they, they were not as respected in the business as they are now. Um, once I got into grad school, you know, I passed my GRE, um, you know, I drove up there. I'm just that type of person. And I wanted to meet with my professors. I'm just called, you know, I emailed them, called them, asked if I could just come, you know, meet with them, find out more about the program. Um, so I did that. Um, when I finished my meetings, I, um, went to the women's basketball office. Uh, the director of basketball operations is still there to this day. Her name is Cynthia Jordan. And I remember walking into her office and, you know, just asking if they had a graduate assistant position. You know, I, I asked her and, you know, I said I was starting school there and I would love to work with the team. And she just gave me this look and she was like, nah, you know, we don't have a graduate assistant position. Um, and even if we did, you know, we don't hand those things out. And uh, she gave me a little look and she said, well, you know, you can be a manager if you want to be a manager. And uh, I thought about it and I said, well, you know what, I'll be a manager, um, which was very humbling because, you know, I've already graduated. I worked for a year or so and um, I played the game, but I said, you know what, I'll, I'll be a manager. And uh, I tried to be the best manager I could. Um, I was there early. I stayed late. I just tried to find needs that maybe they didn't even know they needed um, and just ways to help and be available. And when that first year finished, um, Coach Staley actually created a graduate assistant position for me. Um, so I was just extremely, you know, extremely thankful. But, you know, it was earned. It wasn't given. It was, it was almost created, to be, to be honest. What was the bigger transition for you from playing to coaching or going from D2 to the SEC? Ooh, um, I'm not sure. Both of them, you know, have unique things uh, about both. Um, you know, the biggest thing between when you talk about D2 and the SEC, um, the level of play, of course, different. Um, I mean, players are stronger, bigger, faster. Um, the things, you know, the things in general that they get when you look at their locker rooms and weight rooms and the people they have to work with the teams, I mean, it's just on a completely different level. You know, the thing that I think is the same across the board, um, when people ask me, like, who, who are some of the best players you ever played against, you know, still as a D2 basketball player, I played against some pretty, some pretty good players. You know, the Peach Belt Conference was known for having Division I transfers that would come back down. And uh, the best player I ever played against is a, a young lady by the name of Tierra Good. I don't care. That's the best player I've ever played against. And, um, you know, I, I think the passion and the love for the game is the same across the board. Um, it's just, you know, probably a compilation of stronger athletes at that SEC level as a whole. Um, but, you know, the game is different. Um, you know, the transition from playing to coaching, honestly, that was that was seamless. And I think it was probably because even though I didn't know it, I was almost a coach on the floor, even as a player. Um, so that transition was pretty seamless. First full time job at Dayton State. Mm -hmm. You're going back from all the resources to not as many of the resources. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what did you take away from that first full time this is all you do. There's no classes. There's no, you're, 
It's all basketball. Correct. Um, Daytona State College in Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, I mean, uh, an amazing place, great setting, um, but there was work to be done. Um, You know, what I took away from it is, yes, there were no classes, so I could strictly focus on basketball, but I had to wear every hat. So I had to be the director of operations. I had to lead academics. Um, I had to, you know, help with our planning, our weight room workouts, individual workouts, travel. I mean, everything. And, um, you know, it, it's work. It's work at that level. You can't leave that level and not have respect for the people who are there because um, they do it all. And um, again, it was good because it just got my hands in a little bit of everything. And I was able to, even now when I'm on other levels, um, you have respect for the people who are in those positions because you've done their job before. Um, but then you can, you can help or give advice in every area as well because you've done that. It, it's kind of like a, it, it, being that jack of all trades, when you have that overview and that history, how much does it help you when you're starting to build a coaching staff now of kind of the sort of people you need, the sort of people you need to make you successful? Correct. Well, I'm, I'm an, uh, excuse me, I'm an observer uh, first and for, foremost. Um, so the big thing that I will say about that is even when we're on the road and we're recruiting and we're doing different things, I'm always watching um, to see people who I, I find similarities in myself, um, people who may not you know be extra social they can be social but like they're they're working in the midst of an environment where sometimes people get distracted they see old friends and it just takes them somewhere else you know they're working they're focused they're you know they're trying to find that talent and um you know that's really big for me um finding people who are are similar to me I, i feel like i have um you know found found and identified some 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 candidates that are but in the same token, um, you know, this is a, a job in a place where I think just like I was given my first opportunity at a small school like Stetson University, I think this is the type of place that, you know, someone who needs that first shot. Um, I have some candidates in mind who, I mean, I've watched them. They excel in their roles. Um, even though it may not quite be coaching yet, they are excelling and they want, they're just waiting for that big break. Um, so I think that was me at one point in time. And, um, you know, I look to surround myself with experience, but also people who are hungry to get into the business and make an impact. And from Stetson, you went to Old Dominion. Is that where you first uh, got acquainted with Nikki McCray Pinson? Yes. Well, um, remember when I was on the staff at South Carolina, Nikki was an assistant there. So when I left, she promised me, she said, when I get a head coaching job, you know, I'm going to call you. And she stayed true to her word. I mean, we just finished the season at Stetson. We won the regular season championship. And next thing I know, I'm getting a call from her. And uh, she's telling me about ODU. And, you know, I'm asking her, is she sure? Do you think it's going to happen? And she's like, well, I'm going to go visit. And, you know, I'll let you know. She went to visit, and she loved it. And uh, she was like, I want to do it, but, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do it if you can't come. And I was like, Coach, I can't tell you no. Like, this is your first job. You've been waiting on this. Like, I was like, I can't tell you no. So um, we went to ODU, um, and in a short time, we turned it around very quickly. But I think people don't understand the, the young people and the type of people that we brought to that program in order to turn it around. 
um, young people that were competitors first and foremost. Um, just, you know, so many were state champions, but their families came from great families and that just supported them and pushed them and, and didn't pamper them when they were wrong. And uh, they supported our staff and, um, you know, it was great. And that's what made ODU so special so quickly. When a coach is reaching out to you with an opportunity like that and they're excited about it, how much does their excitement factor into your excitement about it? Oh, it's everything. If, if Nikki didn't have that passion she did, I would have been like, you know, thanks, coach, but I'm going to stay here in Daytona Beach, you know, enjoy life and, and just, you know, keep it going. But um, I know she was a competitor. She still is a competitor. Um, you know, I knew how hard she was going to work, and um, I knew she was going to demand things of me that would help me grow. Um, but that passion, like you said, I mean, who would want to come work for someone and, I mean, you don't feel it or, or you don't believe it. Um, correct. That part is important, and it helped in my decision to go there. It's been a very quick rise for you. I mean, from Stetson to Mississippi State, what, five, six years? Mm-hmm. Just the 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 jump so quickly, did you – did you still feel like you were kind of having a baptism by fire last year in the <laughs> SEC? Where it's like, wow, I'm, I'm, I know I can do this, but good golly, it's so quick. Yes, I mean, uh, we know, uh, you know, this past season at Mississippi State, um, you know, it, it, it's been a tough one, and I think for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, anytime you take over a new program, and we're we're not even talking about COVID, we're talking about in general there is an adjustment period, um, not only for the players, for the staff, for, for everyone involved, um, but typically, you know, you have a full summer and you're, a, you're able to be there in person and, um, you know, you can spend time with people off the floor, um, but there were so many restrictions due to COVID um, and we, we basically missed a summer um, you get there, you're allotted specific times when you can work with your players, but then there, there's other times you can't, which you normally could. Um, you can't really do anything extra with them off the floor. Um, it's challenging, it's, especially when you talk about building trust. Trust is so important. And, um, you know, it, it was a difficult year. Um, and in terms of those, you know, the, the play and the competition and things like that, Again, it's still the it's still the same across the board. We didn't get the results that we wanted, um, but the scouting, um, you know, all of those things, it, it didn't change. Um, you know, there's just some adjustments that need to be made so that we can move forward in a you know a positive direction there. Um, and I know Nikki's going to get that program on track, but um, the it, it wasn't a huge difference again because everything I did in my career, and especially getting with Nikki again. Everything, even when we were at Old Dominion, was the same as South Carolina. See, the standard that doesn't change no matter where you are. Even when I was at Daytona State, I implemented things uh, or suggested things uh, to my head coach that we did at South Carolina. So that blueprint doesn't change no matter where you are. So it wasn't very different in those areas. The path you've taken to get to this point in your coaching career what has it prepared you for? Because you've, you've had different stops at different levels, different parts of the country, different little recruiting pockets. Mm-hmm. You've had to do so many 
like you said, you had to wear so many different hats. How well has that prepared you for what's in front of you now? It's Again, it's everything. Um, the first thing that I think is most important, uh, it helps me have respect for every person that would ever work for me, um, work with me. Um, there's a level of respect, again, because I've walked in, in those shoes. Um, and I think it's helped me uh, be able to identify um, a hunger and a drive, um, a willingness to do anything, you know, not a, a pride like, oh, I'm too good to do that. I'm too good to do a to be a manager. You want me to grab that towel? Like, no, I don't. No, I, so I can easily identify people who are like me. I'll, I'll do anything, you know, and those are the type of people I want to surround myself with because those are the types of people who are going to set the example for our young ladies. I mean, we all know this, this is a tough day and age for these, this age group and, and these student athletes as a whole um, because, you know, instant gratification, um, you know, social media makes everyone think they're a superstar. Um, but those aren't the most important things in life. Um, and there's lessons, and that's the great thing about athletics and sports, there's lessons that you learn that are transferable to any area in life. And um, I just want to surround our young ladies with people that are going to speak life into them and, and tell them the truth. Um, and just like David Smith, my high school coach, or Valicia Tedder, my college coach, and all the many, so many people. I mean, I've had deacons at my church and pastors, people that, you know, see something in you that you don't even quite see in yourself, and they help bring that out of you. You know, that's our ultimate goal. What was it about this opportunity that first intrigued you? So when Gerald uh, called and, and we had our first conversation, just being truly honest, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I just know that, you know, I would never, you know, I don't look at the outside of an opportunity and just turn it down without getting information. So my big thing is I just wanted to learn more. I think what really intrigued me early on is when he began talking about his vision um, for this program and athletics as a whole and that the total gov concept that intrigued me um, because that that's me um, I, I love basketball I'm, com I'm a competitor I want us to win I want this program to be success successful but I want us to do it the right way um, and it starts with building our culture. So that means, you know, there's off the court things that have to be correct. And I'm not saying that they're not, but those things, we have to make sure those are in order. And then they just progressively lead to winning because you're doing things the right way. So when he talked about his mission for the program and without me saying, well, this is what I want. And, you know, that's what basically what I am looking for. He, he had me very intrigued from that moment because it was more than just wins and losses. You know, some programs, it's just about winning and losing. They don't care about the other parts of it. I've, I see it all the time. Um, it was different with Gerald, and, that, and that's what really got me going early. How are we going to play under head coach Brittany Young? Yes, I mean, I think that's a great question. That's a question everyone wants to know. You know, first and foremost, I would say that defense is, is going to be a key and intricate part of what we do. Um, you know, uh, defense is something that I've always taken great pride in. 
Um, you know, I think it's a great thing when, you know, you know what your opponent's running uh, before, you know, they even know and you know where they're going to be and um, you generate a lot of offense through your defense. I think that's an exciting style of basketball. Um, but then when we talk about offensively, we want to play fast. I mean, we want to score quickly in transition um, as much as possible. Um, any team that I've been a part of um, have been teams and programs that play fast um, and, and look to score quickly without setting up. Um, but once we do have to set up, um, you know, we're going to combine a couple of systems that I've, I've been very familiar with um, in, in dribble drive um, and in Princeton offense. Um, so, you know, we're going to have a, a lot of motion, a lot of movement, um, and it's more so teaching our young ladies how to read and play basketball rather than running this play and standing here, um, you know, pass it here. No, you know, your defender is playing you this way. Now I'm going to make this decision. All right, this happened. Now I need to pass the ball here. You know, now this shot is open. It's we're going to teach them how to play the game and to be thinkers of the game. And, um, you know, I'm excited to, to implement that here very soon. The great coaches that you learned under that we've talked about, Don Staley, Nick McCray, Pinson, Pearlmore. What did they teach you about the business of college basketball? Yes, college basketball really, really is a business, um, and there's no question about that. You know, I think from Coach Staley, um, just her professionalism, uh, the way she carries herself, the way she conducts herself. You know, I've watched her do interviews. Um, I've watched her lead her team, and it, and it is a business. You know, she's more so, It's just like Gerald says, you know, she's more so a CEO um, than anything. You know, she could go and, and lead a group doing anything. I truly believe that. It's just not basketball. She could lead any group of people to do anything um, she wanted to. And, um, you know, I learned that from her. But, you know, you kind of stop and look at the reasons why. You know, why is she able to do that? Um, the first thing, I think she has a humble spirit. Um, as, as successful as she's been in her career, um, there's a humbleness about her. Um, I've seen her take time with, with any person that's come across her or come her way. She's never been too good to, you know, take a picture or, or stop and say hello. Um, and I think those things matter. It, it speaks volumes about the type of person she is. Um, she cares for her players, and, and she's not afraid to give them tough love. And I think that's so important. Um, and because she knows she's that way, you know, she surrounds herself with people and she's not intimidated or, you know, or there's no jealousy or animosity amongst her staff. I mean, she lets them thrive in their areas. She encourages that. She encourages that growth. And um, I think those are lessons that I've taken in leadership from her. Um, again, I spent, you know, the last several years with Nikki um, and, and just the fact uh, of a competitive spirit, like that spirit within you, um, like being uh, resignated or put on your team. Um, I, I think that's huge. And I've seen that in Nikki um, as well. And that's why I know she's going to do successful things at Mississippi State. You know, it's just this year for a lot of reasons, it wasn't what we wanted it to be. But um, the lessons in leadership you know, from those individuals, um, life-changing. This is a relationships-based business. How important is establishing those with your coaches, with players, admins, people in the community, fans? It's, it's everything. Again, it goes back to Monk's Corner of South Carolina, Friday nights. No one's streets are quiet. Everybody's in that stadium. Everybody's in that gym, uh, you know, cheering on uh, all of the players. 
and uh it's because everyone feels a part of it you know you you bleed it and it's in your blood it's it's just not those players playing in your mind hey if we come out here and we're that six man on the court you know as a crowd we're going to help them get that win it's that belief and um that's what i loved about clarksville you know clarksville reminded me of monk's corner uh, clarksville reminded me of florence south carolina you know, small towns that are growing, that aren't really that small, but it's a place um, where I think if people realize that they matter and that you want them to be a part uh, of what we're going to do here and we go out, we, we're not going to expect them to, to just come out here and meet us. No, we're going to get out and we're going to go meet them where they are. Um, whether that's on Fort Campbell, uh, whether that's the elementary schools, um, middle schools, high schools, um, you know, wherever the retirement homes, we're, we're going everywhere. We're going to meet as many people as we can. Um, and we want to let them know that Austin Peay University is, is great. It's the only university here in Clarksville, which is a great thing. Um, and we want this community to embrace our young ladies, embrace our staff, um, and come out and support us and help us take this program to the next level. This afternoon, we'll introduce you for your first head coaching job. What are your hopes and dreams and ambitions as pertains to your career? Long term, it's kind of hard to say. Um, like I said, a couple of years ago, if you would have asked me if I would have been a head coach or even if I would be sitting down here with you having this conversation today, no way. I'm just – I. The, the only thing I try to do is to just live each day um, to the fullest um, and give it everything I have. You know, right now I, I do, I can look beyond just one day because there is a program in front of me um, that, that I really want to make successful, um, not only for myself, but for the young ladies and again for this campus and community. So, you know, right now that, that's my singular focus. Um, I think if we're successful here, then future ambitions or goals or w whatever's meant to be, those things will come. But that's, that's not my focus because if it was, then I couldn't give Austin P all of me. Um, and I never, and, and I've had this revelation even just recently this week, you know, I never want to leave a place and not have given it my all. Um, even 98% isn't enough. I, I want to, every place I touch, every place, um, you know, God places me, I want to give it everything I have. I'm, I and we as a, as a university and as a community are so excited to see what 100% of the head coach Brittany Young era looks like for Austin State University women's basketball. Coach Young, so excited to have you here, so excited okay. to have you be a part of our family. Thank you so much. Thank you. Go Dubs.